0: one who has never you know it's wonderful when we sing to him but it's even better when we verbally praise him so why don't we take a moment right now and open our mouths and do that Lord we bless you today we worship you today we love you today we magnify your name this morning Lord we love you and we worship you. Praise God. Amen. It is so good to be in the presence of the Lord and to be among God's great people. Just turn around and smile at three or four people and say, you just look so good in the house of the Lord today. Amen. You look so good. Praise God. Amen. so good to be in the house of the Lord among so many great people. It's Father's Day and we want to say along with Brother Long a great big happy Father's Day to all of our wonderful fathers. Amen. Let's do that right now. Praise God. We have some of the best in the world around here and it's evident. It's evident all the time. And uh, I am so thankful for so many great examples. I can look in any section of this church and see great examples of men who are doing their best to be what God has called them to be. And we applaud you for that. Thank you for always. Amen. Go ahead. That's all right. It's a great morning to celebrate. You know what's tragic about Father's Day? The one thing that is most noted on Father's Day is that the most collect calls are made on Father's Day. Now explain that to me. Mother's Day is such a great occasion and we celebrate that. But I want to tell you, you men, you deserve equal merit today. You are truly a blessing and it is an honor to serve in this church under uh, the the leadership of the Lord and and with so many great men of God. And I applaud you and I thank you for all that you do on a daily basis. So many good things that happen. Amen. You can be seated. I would. I, I just wonder uh, one more time all of our fathers would you just stand up just a moment so you can get a good look at them there's some handsome men in here today yeah there's some awesome amen great men and we're we're proud of all of you man and when church is over today please go through the foyer we have a gift for all of our men not just our fathers but all of our men and young men and uh, we would uh, love to be able to greet you and and possibly even get a picture with you. We're not great at picture-taking, but maybe there'll be somebody out there with a camera. Amen. I love to play with words, and one of my favorite things when I'm studying is to use a thesaurus, uh, which helps expand my uh, thinking about a particular word or a particular subject, and uh, I often uh, do research and finding means of expanding the meaning of a word and so a good thesaurus is always a welcome thing, and it it just adds the complementary words that 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 so often enhance. Uh, your message or your point. And recently, I came across a unique new thesaurus. It's called the men's thesaurus. Are any of you interested in what's in it? All of you ladies need to really listen up right now. And please allow me to translate for you in the next few moments some of the things that your husband may be saying. When a man says, I would, it would take too long to explain it, what he really means is I have no idea how it works. When a man says, take a break, honey, you're working too hard. He really means, I can't hear the game over the vacuum cleaner. Would you please turn it off? When you hear a man say, that's interesting, dear, he means you're still talking. I got one thumbs up out there. When a man says, it's a guy thing, He means that there is no rational pattern connected with this. And you have no chance at all of making it logical. So stop. When a man says, can I help you for dinner? He really means, is there anything to eat yet? When a man says, "Uh uh-huh, sure, honey. What he means is absolutely nothing. It is a conditional response when he hears the tone of your voice. When a man says, you know how bad my memory is, honey, what he really means is I can remember the size of the tires on my truck and the horsepower of every automobile I've ever owned and the vehicle identification number, but I'm sorry, honey, I forgot your birthday. When a man says that I can't find it, he really means it didn't fall out of the air on him, so he's given up the search. (laughs) i got a witness over here in the house. When a man says, I heard you, he means I haven't the foggiest clue what you just said, and I'm hoping desperately that I can fake it well enough for the next little bit so you won't be talking to me for the next three days. When a man says, you know I could never love anyone else, what he really means is I've gotten so used to the way you treat me, I realize it could be worse. Pretty interesting thesaurus. I couldn't stop reading it. When a man says, you look, Terrific! What he really means is, please come on and don't try on another outfit. We're already late and I'm starving. Am I getting near anybody? When a man said, I don't remember saying that, what he really means is, anything I have said six months ago, is inadmissible in an argument today. As a matter of fact, all past comments become null and void after seven days. And last but not least, when a man said, that's not what I meant, what he really means is that if something I said can be interpreted two ways, And one of the ways makes you sad or angry. I meant the other one. Come on, clap your hand, men, if you think that's the truth. (laughs) Amen. Happy Father's Day to all of our men. We celebrate you today. I applaud all of these that are here today. And we have so many great uh, examples of leadership and what a man uh, should be and how he should lead, and I am grateful for that. I better get around to preaching and cut out all the funny stuff. My wife cringes when I do that because she never knows what may come out. So I did okay today, didn't I, babe? She's not nodding. I better get on with my preaching. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Around the world, there are museums that have been established to preserve some of mankind's greatest works of art. If you go to France, in Paris, there is the Louvre, which is one of the world-class museums. When you walk its halls, you can discover the genius of Leonardo da Vinci in the face of Mona Lisa or the skill of Michelangelo in the features of the many sculptures that he left behind. At the Smithsonian Institute, you can find there in Washington, D.C., many examples of some of the finest accomplishments by mankind. And yet there may be no work of art, no work of art, so wonderfully engineered as the simple human hand. It may be very easy to take our hands for granted, but it is a wonder of design and a marvel to the science. It it represents the work and the talent and the mind of a wondrous great designer known as our God. Because we use it every day, we sometimes take it for granted, and we don't think much of what our hands really are and what they represent. After all, we've grown up with them and it's been with us and served us on a daily basis, day in and day out. We use it to drink our coffee. We use it on our cell phones. We use it to check our emails. We use it to tie our shoelaces. We use it to open doors. We use it to work on the computer. The anatomical facts and figures about the hand alone are enough to make you marvel and pause to give glory to God for what He has created. Structurally, the hand is one of the most intricate parts of the human body. Each hand has 27 bones, 8 in one wrist, 5 in each palm, and 14 in the fingers. There are 29 joints. Well... And there are well over a hundred ligaments and a vast array of nerves and arteries. Almost never uh, seen in, in any other thing in life. Our fingers flex in a lifetime over 25 million times. Your two hands are there to account for more than a quarter of the bones that are in your entire body. Each hand is controlled by 35 muscles, and seven are required to control the index finger alone. Yet no muscle lives in the fingers themselves. They lie instead in your forearm and your palm, and the tendons that are there tether the finger bones to those muscles and allow them to operate in such a marvelous and wonderful way. The control of the thumb alone requires nine individual muscles and the cooperative effort of three major nerves in the hand to be able to function. No wonder that Sir Isaac Newton, a scholar A mathematician and one of the greatest science minds of all time said this, In the absence of any other proof, the human thumb alone could convince me of God's existence. Your fingertips are packed with thousands of nerves, endings, detecting heat, and touch and feel and pain. And from the first time that you gripped your mother's hand after you were born, your hands have rarely been still. They have been part of your life. Even in your sleep they move. They respond continually to a stream of electrical signals from the brain telling them to move. The part of the brain driving the movement in the hand is known as the motor cortex. A quarter of it is devoted to controlling the muscles of the hands, even though they're a relatively small part of the body. Listen to that. A quarter of them are devoted to controlling the hands, even though in comparison they are a smaller part of the human body. No other creature has such a large proportion of their brain dedicated to controlling their hands. More than the mechanical movements alone, the pushing, the pulling, the lifting, the twisting, hands are often used to embellish our speech. One study showed that the most popular speakers on the public circuit had an average of 465 hand gestures per talk. They are used so often and yet taken granted for so often as well. The hand is both good news and bad news to the human body. They can act at times as a diagnostic tool to our health, and at other times they can become the transmitters of disease and infection. Your hands can help doctors diagnose diseases. They have discovered through the swelling in the fingers of an indication of lung or heart disease. They have discovered in the cold, white, numb hands a hallmark of one of the diseases that affects the hands and the nervous system. A yellow, raised lesion on the hand may represent present cholesterol build up bony knobs on finger joints are associated with arthritis it is a common practice for them to often look at your hands when they are doing a full diagnosis of your body because so much can be detected by The human hand, strong hands, have been discovered to be important to a life because they are an indicator of life expectancy. In one study involving nearly 140,000 people, 17 countries, it was reported that people with lower grip strength had a higher mortality rate and were more likely to suffer a heart attack or a stroke. And it has been discovered, listen to me, that holding a hand may bring great health benefits to an individual. When Dr. Pavel Goldstein from the University of Colorado Boulder held his wife's hand during labor, It seemed that her pain reduced during that season of childbirth. And so he decided to go and test his theory. And in testing his theory in the laboratory, by administering mild heat pain to particular arms, he showed that by holding the hand, it helped the hurting person to synchronize their heart rate and their breathing. and their brain waves with their partner, thus reducing their pain. The researcher wrote this interpersonal touch may blur the borders between self and other and enable somebody else to better bear the suffering they're going through in that moment. When it comes to pain, it seems that a problem shared through a holding of the hand may actually be a problem that is had. So what does all of that mean to us? Today And in particular to our men and to all of our fathers. It simply means that our hands are an important part of our life and our well-being and our future. And in your hands is the capacity to do good or evil. And you better make sure that you protect your hands. Amen. Protect your hands. When you leave today, all of you are going to be given a pair of nice leather gloves. I would encourage you to learn how to use them in your daily work because they can save injury to a vital part of your body that is needed and necessary for the fulfillment of your purpose. You and I need to be sure that we protect these wonderful hands that God has given us because they are given to us for more than just touching and picking up but they are given to us to enable us to be strong and to withstand and to hold on and to hold out and so it is important, it is vital that every man in this building understand how important it is that you protect these hands. Amen. The word hand or hands is referenced over 1800 times in scripture. 500 times it speaks literally of the physical hand. 1,300 times it speaks of its figurative meaning, spiritual meaning. In Scripture, the hand is illustrative of power and liberality and blessing. There are five appendages on every hand. Five is the number of grace. What has been discovered is that the most important Finger, if you want to call it, on your hand is this one right here. Because without this one right here, you would not be able to grip. That's why kings of old would take their... People that they had captured and they would cut off their thumb because it virtually made them unable to hold a sword because these four fingers are weak without this one. But when you have four that are weak and you add one that is strong, then you have a hand that is powerful to do. And what I'm trying to get across to you this morning is that in yourself, you may be weak. But when you link yourself with the strength of the Almighty, God enables you to be a man of strength and power and anointing and blessing to your family and to those who are around you. There are ten fingers in your hand. Ten is the number of divine order or completeness. It means there is nothing lacking. There are fifteen joints. Fifteen is the number of covering. It seemed to me that when God designed the human hand, He designed it unlike any other that is given to all the creatures on the earth. It was designed for a purpose. That every time you look at them, you see grace. Every time you look at them, you are looking at a wonder of grace. And you better make sure that you use these hands to give glory to the one who gave you those hands and the grace to do what you are doing. Amen. They are tough, but they must also be tender. No wonder Paul wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy 2 and 8, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. It indicates to me that the first part of that statement has a relationship to the last part of it. That if I do not lift up holy hands, then I am unable to keep wrath and anger, and hatred, and bitterness, and doubt, and fear, and worry out of my life. But when I make sure my hands are clean, when I make sure that I have put them before the Lord, and dedicated them to God, then therefore, because I am able to lift up holy hands, I can also keep doubt away, and I can also keep anger at bay maybe the reason some of you men deal with anger issues is because your hands are dirty and you need to get to a place where you can get your hands cleaned and washed because when you have clean hands when you have holy hands you can also Put away and push away the doubt and the unconcerned and the fear and the worry and the anger that so often comes to a man's life. Amen. Holy, it speaks of that which is of right character. Hands that have been consecrated to the right things. Literally clean hands. Everybody say clean hands. This is much more than the product of washing. Amen. Listen to me. It is symbolic of the choices that we make on a daily basis. It is symbolic of the things that we choose to touch or we refuse to touch on a daily basis. Our hands are so important. We must protect them. We've just come through a season that has taught us the importance of having clean hands. Why? Because an unclean hand becomes a transmitter. A transmitter of what? Of disease. Of sickness. And because we transmit so many things by our hands. Listen to me, men. Because we transmit so many things by our hands. We need to be careful about these hands. We need to make sure we keep them protected. Amen. We need some kind of covering over our hands. Amen. Not just a literal glove, but a covering of grace. A covering of mercy. Having clean hands is probably the single most important way of spreading the disease issues that we face. Our hands transmit and communicate and share and spread on a daily basis. My question to you men is, what are you transmitting? What are you communicating every day of your life whether you're willing to touch something or not. The Bible speaks of the laying on the hands. One of the great responsibilities of the Father was to lay His hand upon His Son and pass on the family blessing. you got to make sure where you put that hand because you can put that hand in the wrong place. You can put that hand toward the wrong mean. You can put your hand through uh, toward the wrong purpose because life, is so important we must keep our hands clean we must take care of our hands because your hands are vital to life because life can cripple your hands things can happen in life that will hurt you and damage you and even destroy you that's why you need a good covering amen You know how to have a good covering for your life in your hands? Lay them on the altar on a daily basis and say, God, I want these hands to bless today. I want these hands to build today. I want these hands to worship today. I want these hands to be surrendered today. I want these hands to be giving today. I want these hands to be doing today. The Scripture says in the Old Testament, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do... What? Do it! So that tells me that you and I have the ability and the capacity to do whatever life presents us because the scripture would never ask us to do something we were incapable of doing. So the Bible said whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, then Do it. I'm here to tell the men in this church that you have the capacity to do whatever God calls you to do if you keep your hands covered and cleansed by His precious blood. Amen. They're going to put Scripture up from the book of Luke chapter 6, beginning with verse number 6. It's the story of the man with a withered hand who came to the temple, to the synagogue. It is important when you read that text to understand this, that in the Greek text, the word that is used for withered indicates that it was not something that had been with him all of his life. It had been something that had happened to him in his life. Now, there are some writings called the Apocrypha, And and many of them have been lost, but the ones that have been preserved most all of them say that this man that Jesus was talking to in the synagogue at one time had been a mason, a stone mason. He had been a man who helped build and somehow in his working, his hands had become injured and the injury, though it may not have been severe in the beginning, over time atrophied and it shriveled up and it became unusable, and thus he was no longer able to work and provide for his family. But he kept coming to the house of God. I want to tell you, men, when life hurts you and your hand is affected so that you cannot work or you don't feel like you can do anything for God or you're not able to do anything for your family, the best place you can come is back to the house of God because you never know what day you might find the Lord ready to open that hand for you and restore it back to usefulness so that you can be the blessing to your family that He has called you to be. We don't know how it happened, but we know that it rendered him helpless. Very best was taken away from him because of what had happened to him on that day. His livelihood was in his hands, and it had been taken because of the injury. He had lost his ability. The purpose of the glove is simply to protect the hand from the abrasive things that happen to life or happen to us in life. And this is what I've discovered about life. It's not always the big things that take me down. More often than not, it's the small thing neglected that becomes the source of my downfall. It's that cut on the hand. And the next day you notice that it's a little swollen. Perhaps a little infection has gotten in. But you just go on working because that's what you have to do. And day by day, infection and disease set in until finally one day it becomes unusable. Most of you men sitting here today, I doubt very seriously, are ever going to be taken down by some great sin. I don't think you're going to fall into adultery or do something. You're not going to go out and murder somebody. You're not going to go out and rob a bank. But there's a lot of things that happen to you in life. Hurts that come, that are inflicted on your hands or in your spirit, and you don't take care of them because you're a man, you're tough. You just grit your teeth and bear it. When you could have brought it to an altar and God could have purged out that infection that was setting up in your spirit, when you could have come and prayed, you thought, I don't, I don't need to do that today. I, that, that's for the ladies to do. I'm I'm a man. I'm a man, but you hear me today. It's the little fox. Brother Long preached about this last week. It's the little fox that spoils the vine. I studied that one day and I discovered that what it was referring to were the small foxes, the babies. They could not reach the fruit. They couldn't. But they were they were diligent in trying to. And so every day they would jump up and try to grab the fruit off of the vine, but they couldn't quite reach it. But what they did do is when they were coming down, their claws would scrape the bark of the limb or the stem or the root. And over time, over time, over time, they just kept scraping away until those open wounds Those untended hurts. You know, men, it's hard for us to admit that we've been hurt. It's hard for us to admit that we have a weakness. And so we hide it. We cover it up. We decorate it. We doctor it up the best we can. And we present ourselves as men. And we fail to realize that the real strength of a man is one that's submitted to God, not resistant to God. And it's not going to be the big stuff that's going to fail you. It's going to be the little annoyances that just, they scratch on you, they touch you, they they cut something and you don't bring it to a place for cleansing. The altar is a place for cleansing. The altar is a place to get it washed. Because when they came to the tabernacle, there was the labor of washing that was required. Why? Because you need that in your life. You need a washing of yourself because that's the way you keep out the infections and all of the other diseases that can become communicable through your hands. You didn't even know it was there. I didn't know I had picked that up. I didn't know that I had gotten that a holy. I didn't know that thing had touched my life like that. And now here I am. I'm I'm addicted to it. I I get in the secret place and I go back to that place. But I only touched it the first time. But what what I didn't realize is that when I touched it, it touched me. And that's why, man, I'm asking you, I'm begging you, I'm pleading you learn how to keep your hands covered because every time you look at them remember there's that's grace and both of them together that's completeness amen and everything that's working says that there's a covering that should be there and you have to make sure that you keep a covering that you become conscious of that because most of us when we get busy we don't think about putting those on, and so we get out in the yard and we pick up sticks. Next thing we know, we got well, our hands is hurting. What, man, what's what? Two days later, three days later, four days later, man, what is? I, I Some I can't hardly I, I can't hardly close my hand. And you look, and lo and behold, right there, between the finger, somehow a splinter got it got got stuck in there, and now. It's wo- red and swollen and infection. That, that's what happens, men. That's why you need to make sure that you keep these hands before the Lord always. That's why it's so important that you lift up holy hands, Man, because that's that's going to be a way for God to make sure they they stay that way, clean hands. I want to be able to lift up clean hands. He that who can ascend to the hill of the Lord. He that hath clean hands and a pure heart. It's the man who looks at his hands and realizes how influential they are in his life. And he wants to lay them before God and he wants to give them that covering that's needed. Stand with me if you will. This is your pastor's prayer for you today. Amen. My prayer for each of you is that your hands will always be raised to Him. Because that is a sign of worship, but it is also a sign of surrender. It is my prayer that your hands will ever be open toward Him. Open toward Him. Why? Because the hand that is closed too tight to give is closed too tight to receive. Open hands. Oh, God. Lord, I want you to fill these hands with ability and I want you to fill these hands with opportunity. I want you to fill these hands with healing so that wherever I go, I can lay my hand on a brother. And now now I know this is something that gets a little touchy in the day in which we live. Men don't hold hands but I want to tell you something that has saved me many times in my life when I have been at my lowest for somebody just to come by a man and put his hand on my shoulder suddenly the burden is lifted there's a healing in that men we should never be ashamed of doing There's something powerful takes place when you lay your hand upon somebody. Men, take your hands right now and lift them up to the Lord. All of our men, young men. Come on, you need to understand what God has given you. The opportunity He's given you. Amen. Lord, I want these hands to be healing hands. Hands that minister health to the body. I don't want them to be carriers of disease. I don't want them to be carriers of hatred and bitterness and anger and wrath. I don't want them to be closed to fight. I want them to be open to receive. Lord, help me to have hands that will hold on no matter what. Don't be ashamed, men, of laying your hand upon a brother and linking yourself with that individual. Because in doing so, you have half the burden. You have helped him endure. Amen. Helpful hands. Hands that are willing to do whatever they have the opportunity to do. But hands that are conscious that they need a covering. I need a covering over my hands today. I want to make sure that I, I, I keep my hands protected so that whatever my hand finds to do, it will be a benefit and a blessing to my family and to my church and to my home. Man, all of our men here today, I want you one more time just to lift up your hands and I want you to ask the Lord to help you today to be able to always lift up clean hands, holy hands, amen, holy hands, holy hands before the Lord. Praise God, praise God. Oh, we bless you today, Lord. We praise you today, Lord. We glorify you today, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Brother Gallagher, I want you to come and I want you to pray a blessing over these men today. Amen. And men, I want you to know how deeply I love you and how much I cherish what you do and what you are to Greater Life Church. But please, in the hour in which we live, let's make sure we keep our hands covered.
1: Lord, we thank you thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, for your spirit. God, we ask you, Lord, to purify our hearts, our minds, and our hands, Lord. Help us, Lord, to dedicate our hands to doing the work of God. Help us to keep our hands pure, Lord. Help us to keep our hands busy in the work of the kingdom, Lord. God, we pray for your spirit to lead us, to guide us. To strengthen us. Thank you for putting your hand upon us, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you form us, you fashion us. God, we are like clay on the potter's wheel. You can make us all over again. God, we praise you for your grace, for your mercy, for your strength. God, we go from this place today dedicated to you, dedicated to the service of the Lord, dedicated, Lord, to using our hands for the good of the kingdom and to bless our family and all of the men said amen amen God bless you men let's go in the strength of the Lord let's put our hands together and give the Lord a great hand clap of praise thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus amen hug somebody's neck shake their hand tell them you're glad to see them in the house of the Lord Happy Father's Day to all of our men.